wait you know what it probably is they got a bunch of dudes in like a, a conference room with a whiteboard and they were like <laughs> what are some words to describe women and then they were like impact rising star start breaking <laughs> like the dumbest shit they just came up with these words and they were like okay great Let, every year we're gonna put a bunch of women into each category and then give them the award <laughs> Oh, it's our 75th episode. That's so cute. Are you just noticing that on the outline? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is our 75th episode. I just, I'm glad I actually checked up on this because randomly, I think it was like two weeks ago, I was thinking, I was like, wait, how many episodes do we have now? I'm just curious. And Apple Podcast does this very convenient thing where at the, oh, at the footer, so nice. they tell you how many episodes you have. And it says 73. And this was like the day before our last episode went up. And then I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that means 75 is coming. And I feel like 75 is like an overlooked milestone, you know, like 25, especially like that's big because it's like you're starting out, you know, like you've made Mm -hmm. it to 25 and then 50, of course, is like, wow, the big one. Yeah. Louie mama, we made it to 50 and 75. is like, okay, like you're inching towards a hundred, but I still feel like it's worthy calling out. So Oh, totally. Yeah. This is our 75th episode. Huzzah. And Huzzah. we're not really going to do anything special because we didn't plan anything special. But if anything, we're doing cool. a lot less this week because <laughs> shit hasn't been happening. I don't know. I didn't have I had a, I kind of struggled to put together an outline today. There wasn't I feel like this is a this is a quality over quantity episode where it's like mm-hmm. the stories that we do have or at yes. least the ones I have are like notable, but there's not a lot. No, for sure. There well, at least for me, it was like stuff, of course, stuff was always happening, but I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Or like, what am I gonna do besides just say the thing and then be like, okay. <laughs> exactly. And you know, like our revised news philosophy that we took on. Like last yeah. season where we I was honestly, like, I don't want to talk about super sad stuff anymore. I don't want to so, depress myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about like the wave of California mass shootings. And, and it's like, like, y'all that. have seen that. You, this is yeah. not new information, you know? So it's like, uh. yeah. That being said, I do have one bit of news that I guess in a sense is sad that I want to talk about. It's not really sad. <laughs> it's just like, it, it involves violence, I suppose, but it's just, mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. So those of you might have heard that Paul Pelosi got attacked in his own home. I think we even talked about that before. I think we did talk about it, yeah. But it's coming up in conversation again because the body cam footage from the police who answered the call was released. Did you watch it? Mm-mm. I didn't okay. even know this was it was released. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll get to that in a second. But I want to give a rundown of what happened for the folks who don't know. Because I think it matters when we get into like why I wanted to talk about this. So this 42-year-old man, David DePape, he basically woke Paul Pelosi up in his bed. So could you imagine Paul Pelosi wakes up and wakes up in his house and this man and there's like a person. is standing there? Um, yeah. So apparently this DePape fellow, he broke in through a glass door and entered the house and he was demanding to speak to Nancy Pelosi um, and no security was present at the time. And he was carrying zip ties, tape, rope, a pair of rubber and cloth gloves, a journal, and, quote, at least one hammer when he arrived at the home. And then later, law enforcement seized a sword and two more hammers. In Oh, my God. Apparently, this guy lived in a garage. Um, 
So Paul Pelosi obviously was like, um, my wife is not in this house right now. And then this DePape guy said that he would sit and wait for several days for her to arrive. And then when Paul Pelosi tried to use a phone um, in like their, apparently there's an elevator in this house to call the police, DePape blocked him. And he still did not leave after Paul Pelosi called 911 because he felt that, quote, much like the American founding fathers with the British, he was fighting against tyranny without the option of surrender. This is what, what? he said in a statement to San Francisco police later on. He also told police that he intended to take Nancy Pelosi hostage, talk to her and quote, break her kneecaps. <gasps> if she lied to him. Um, so that was like the incident itself, but the body cam footage that was released uh, in the last week, this is from the police that showed up to the door and then you can see like Paul Pelosi opens the door and Paul Pelosi is standing there with the attacker and Paul Pelosi is holding the hammer that's in the attacker's hand, like holding it like so that he doesn't swing. And the yeah. attacker's just like kind of standing there. So they're like holding hands via the hammer, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And the police are like, what's going on? Put the hammer down. Like it's pretty calm at first. And then all of a sudden uh, DePape, he like gets the hammer out of, Pelosi's hand and he bashes him in the head with it um so you kind in of in front of the police yeah so you can kind of see the bashing in the video which is why it's kind of graphic um but oh then of course God. the police rush in and they incapacitate him and Paul Pelosi is, is still in the hospital I think oh my um, God yeah but the reason why I want to talk about this again because the footage is kind of like the impetus for this is of course the right wing has been exhibiting some truly disgusting behavior in Literally the wake of this. What? Oh my God. And I just have to say, you all know, I've made it extremely clear on this podcast that I am definitely not a fan of Nancy Pelosi. And in fact, I would say that I hate Nancy Pelosi. However, we have not once, I'm pretty sure, advocated for violence, like actual violence against people on this podcast. Seriously. Um, so for these people on the right to not only like, I think what really gets me is people like Ted Cruz who say things like, oh, thoughts and prayers. Of course, that's their go-to. But then turn around and immediately engage in these whack conspiracy theories. I just think that's disgusting. Yeah. Like that, like Nancy it's Pelosi so is his colleague. And unprofessional. Yeah. Like would any, like in any other situation, take away the government aspect. If this was happened to a regular work colleague, in what world would it be appropriate? I mean, even just as a human, but we'll we'll take set that aside because we know these people are inhumane. Like, in True. what world would it be appropriate for you to use like your platform to speak out against something that happened to a colleague? I don't know. Let me get into the actual conspiracies. So Elon Musk started one, oh, or he God. seems to be the origin of of one. Um, so stupid. And his theory is that the attack stemmed from a gay lover's quarrel. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that, that Paul Pelosi and this DePape guy were gay lovers and it got out of hand. So that's Elon okay, Musk's even, theory. Even if that was true, why does that, is that supposed to make it okay? Apparently in the like, eyes what was of the that, right wing, Like yes. what is that supposed to do? I don't God. know. So of course a bunch of people glommed onto this stupid ass theory and I think Elon Musk apologized, but it's like, I think apologies in this scenario 
they really don't mean shit because you well you right why did tweeted you say that in the like first why place? did you say it in the first place literally days ago like your apology literally shut the shit. fuck up yeah oh, um and then also uh going back to ted cruz he reshared a screenshot from matt walsh's blog matt walsh is a right-wing he's an alt-right activist um and matt walsh was basically saying like all the information i reported earlier about like how this DePape guy was like, oh, like the founding fathers, I got to stay here, blah, 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 all this like freedom shit. Um, so all that evidence obviously pointed to DePape being involved in like right-wing blogs and and just QAnon, that sort of sphere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt Walsh was like challenging this notion and he wrote, I don't know what the hell happened at Nancy Pelosi's house, and I suspect none of us will ever know for sure, but I do know that trying to paint a hippie nudist from Berkeley as some kind of militant right-winger is absurd and will always be absurd. Again, I don't know know where that came from. It seems like it's just blatant lies. Again, there's so much evidence pointing to what drove this guy to do this. Again, it was right-wing conspiracy theories that drove this man to do this. And then Ted Cruz quote <laughs> tweeted a screenshot from that from that blog of Matt Walsh's and just wrote truth. So Ted Cruz is now Get engaging out. in these conspiracies. Ted Cruz theories. is literally the biggest a piece loser. of shit. Oh He's my god, loser, yeah. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that. This because... is such unhinged behavior. This is. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's so embarrassing too. Like y'all are real. Like the people that actually support these people and believe them. It's like, are you serious? Be so for real right now. Are you serious? You're yeah. telling me you reading this shit and you're like, oh, yup, yup. Like, are you kidding? Be so for real right now. No, it's bad. Like, I really think I was actually listening to a podcast episode about this recently. How there's a real problem right now. And it's been percolating, but it's getting like really bad with um, men's mental health in this country. And it's leading to this very large section of white men committing themselves to these bullshit right wing causes because they have nowhere else to go. Like they feel very jaded and shafted by the left because in their eyes and also like. I'm going to like agree in a really minute sense, like. Yes, sometimes the left is really focused on like certain communities. And yeah. I could see why, like, I guess straight white men who are well, uneducated they're, they're experiencing like the, what feels probably like oppression for the first yes, time ever. Yeah, they think it's oppression um, when it's really not. It's just like I would call accountability. it accountability, like, accountability, but also like I can I can see why they would feel like forgotten, I guess. But that's not on the left like that's on you just how it's on you if you turn to these right-wing conspiracy groups and shit like that's still on you but um it stems from this mental health crisis among straight white men and it's just unfortunate because the left i don't think in general is doing much of anything to try and quell it and so it's just leading to these hundreds of thousands of millions of straight men who are turning to the alt-right because they're lonely and they're disenfranchised sometimes uneducated 
And it leads to stuff like this where they somehow break into the speaker's house in an attempt to kidnap her or worse. It's actually yeah. kind of scary. And then it is scary. the folks who represent the right, like our our politicians our, in Congress yeah. are are like cheering them on. Yeah, or like behind them. Or maybe they're part of they're experiencing the same things and they're like, oh, so glad this person did what I like physically can't do or whatever. Um, exactly yeah, yeah. y'all need therapy um but of course these are also the same people that are trying to like defund mental health services in schools and exactly. so it's like exactly it's going to continue to be this cycle of a problem if we don't actually yeah. take mental health seriously and the people that aren't taking it seriously are the people that really need it the mo- need mental health support the most <laughs> yeah it's also like how the the right has embraced now, like whenever a mass shooting happens, the language has shifted to like, oh, mental health. But then guess who always downvotes mental health initiatives and bills and stuff like that? It's still the right. from shit like mass shootings. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is an, a vicious cycle. Yep. So that's that. I hate <laughs> it here. Yep. Anyway, Ooh. let's move to Okay, music. not going to lie. Hold on. Before we get into it, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a lot of food in my stomach right now. So this beer is starting to hit. Did you have dinner? No, not yet. I'm going to make dinner after this, though. European dinner, eating at like 10 o'clock. Okay, well, hopefully you'll be okay. Ooh, it's like, it's hitting me. Okay. okay. <laughs> shake it out. Yeah, shake it out. <laughs> All right, we're good. Okay, Billboard announced the 2023 Women in Music honorees, aside from Women of the Year, which will be announced later. Um, but the awards ceremony is going to be hosted by Quinta Brunson. Very exciting. And I just want to go through some of the awards because also I think that – now tell me what after I read this, but I think that this these awards are kind of funny because like some of the names of the awards, it's like – we really? were talking about this last year. Really, y'all? What vividly. does that even mean? We were, yeah. yeah, we were talking about this and we were like, what does that mean? We need yeah. definitions so, with these. <laughs> no, it like, it's literally like, it's great. Of course, like recognize women doing things in music, but it's just kind of like, what does that mean? And where did these nominees come from? Like, did you just pull this out of your ass? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to read it. <laughs> Becky G is going to receive the impact award. Dochi will receive the Rising Star Award. That one I feel like is a little bit self-explanatory. No, because then there's then there's breakthrough. So oh, it's yeah. like, okay, what's okay. the Hold, let me breakthrough keep going. and let me keep Rising going. Star? Ivy Queen will receive the Icon Award. Who's that? Also, I feel like the term Icon is very subjective. I looked her up. She's a um like a reggaeton artist. Oh, okay. Work. Um, Kim Petrus will receive the Chartbreaker Award. <laughs> Lainey Wilson will Who's receive that? the I don't I don't know <laughs> will receive the rule breaker award. <laughs> Lana Del Rey will receive the visionary award. Why? I think she should have gotten that like years ago when she was still relevant. No, I know, I know. Um Lotto will receive the powerhouse award, which Okay. That seems kind of that seems kind of coded. We're gonna that feels give. Like... <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm uh, gonna okay. say. Okay, <laughs> I feel like it's also a little bit of a stretch, but it's fine. Okay, let me keep You're going. Funny. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to be a hater. Okay, and the the K-pop band Twice, which 
I don't know. Who? We'll receive the Breakthrough <laughs> Award. Women of the Year. Woman of the Year announcement coming soon. So those awards are very vague. And <laughs> I feel like they were just like, what are some? Wait, you know what it probably is? They got a bunch of dudes in like a, a conference room with a whiteboard. And they were like, what are some words to describe women? And then they were like, impact, rising star, start breaking, <laughs> like the dumbest shit. They just came up with these words and they were like, okay, great. Every year we're going to put a bunch of women into each category and then give them the award. Okay, so wait, who do we think the woman of the year is going to be? And do we remember who got it last year? Because I okay. do not. Um, I'm pretty sure last year was... It might have been Olivia Rodrigo, but don't quote me on that. Hold on. Really? I Hold feel on. like Beyonce should get it for 2022. I agree. It was Olivia Rodrigo. And then oh, the year okay. before was Cardi B. I remember that. I feel like Beyonce I think should Ariana get Grande it. Has, I feel like Beyonce should get but it. But Taylor Swift um, is probably going to get it, which well, is annoying. I don't know. It's, mm, it's possible. I feel like Woman of the Year is the only award where they actually, like, where it's like you see it and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like this woman, this was a badass bitch. Like Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> won it. And mind you, the timing of the award ceremony. So the awards are in March of every year during Women's History Month. So that means 2021 was the year that Olivia Rodrigo, you know, like did yes. the stuff. And it's like that totally makes sense. Um, and then Cardi B, of course, was the 2021 honoree, which means 2020 was her mm -hmm. year. And of course, with WAP, yeah, that, that makes just sense. that alone did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's I feel like that's the only one where it's kind of like you can it's tangible, like you can see the the impact of whoever wins it. But these other ones, I'm like, first of all, this year was a lot of people I didn't know, which I, you know, I recognize it. Of course, I'm not gonna know everybody. I don't really venture out into different genres and all that but a lot of these people i was like who <laughs> i mean i feel like i don't know i don't know dude scissor should get something like what happened she could be that? woman of the year she could she could be woman of the year maybe mm, i think she came in kind of late she did come maybe in late. i don't know maybe women of the year next year maybe we're putting Maybe too much stock in the chart into breaker, the chart <laughs> breaker next year. <laughs> so that's the thing. I don't know. Whatever. Um, okay, next story. The Jonas Brothers were honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and announced their new project, which is gonna be called The Album. I hate <laughs> that title. On May 5th. <laughs> like it's so I it it's like Ugh. you guys couldn't come up with anything better. You're telling Let me, be me creative. Let's be yeah, let's be creative. I mean, I think it's kind of funny, but also it's like, okay. <laughs> but it's not funny. Like, it's not, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's I, funny, but it's like, okay. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it could be worse. Like I, I, but I generally dislike when artists try to do this thing where it's like self-aware slash self-deprecating titling. Like, oh my gosh, I think I've talked to you about how much I hate that Louis Capaldi song. The one that was like, at the top of the charts um someone you love or something like that uh, i hate oh. that song uh, you know what i'm talking about where he's like wailing wailing i know yeah. i'm i'm gonna okay. yeah i know i'm, I'm I hate not gonna sing because i'm drinking yeah. I'm under the influence, but, <laughs> but yeah. um but his album that had that song on it was called it was like 
divinely uninspired and unoriginal. It was like, give me a break. <laughs> Come on. So the album is kind of, it's like in that vein oh, a little God. bit where it's like, come on, you guys. That's well, I feel like even with. at the bare minimum, like someone like Adele who names all of her albums after like the age that she wrote the songs at, like that still that's has like, like kind a of point of view. Right. But, but I'm saying yeah. like, that's like so easy, no creativity needed. And it's like, they couldn't have done something like that. <laughs> something, anything. But I know Nick is very thrilled about this. He's a oh, huge Jay Bros. I'm very excited too. We already said that if they're doing the tour, we're going to go together. Um, but something else that was freaking hilarious was like, he released this really cute little Instagram reel with like a montage of them all like together. And then I sent it to our group chat on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, you guys. And me and Nick were like mess texting each other about it. And we were like, ah. <laughs> and then I go back on my Instagram and it was deleted. And I was like, why did they delete it? And then like two <laughs> hours later, they uploaded a different video that's just like pictures of the guys and um or not pictures but just like shots of their faces um and then they released it was like the same announcement but just a different video and we were like that's it's just so funny to me when celebrities like post things and then delete that (laughs) yeah interesting um so yeah i'm excited about that okay speaking (laughs) of things i'm excited about uh, I just wanted to talk about this because this is new information and I'm, I love Harry Styles, <laughs> um, but Harry's officially confirmed to perform at the Grammys, which are on Sunday. Oh, Sunday. That is soon. Very soon. I know. Very exciting. Harry Styles is performing and he's joining Bad Bunny, Mary J. Blige, Brandi Carlisle, Luke Combs, Steve Lacey, Lizzo, and Kim Petras and Sam Smith, who I'm assuming are performing together. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about the Grammys next, next, next week. Yes, specifically the red carpet looks, <laughs> which hopefully they're good because we've talked about how the award show so far, not the best start, okay? Yeah. I feel like people don't really go all out for the Grammys, which is annoying. I feel like the Grammys has moved away from being like a formal event in the way that like the Oscars is, which I don't really like. Oh, definitely. It's more like VMAs. Yeah, I hate that. Like VMAs can be VMAs, but let's like have something formal for music. Maybe it's just because musicians just aren't like snobs. I don't know. No, I feel like the Oscars really is the only one left where it's like, this is true. Like you're pulling out all the stops. This is a formal event. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what that brings. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm excited. I'm only, I already told, I texted you this. when you said, I'm only watching for the red carpet. I'm only watching for Harry. I'm going to watch the red (laughs) carpet and then I'm going to wait. Well, no, I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to watch Harry Styles perform. Sorry. How how would you react if he performed a new song? A new song? I don't know. Probably won't oh happen. God. But like, what if? I wouldn't know how to react because I feel like that's that would be so unexpected. Like I'm <laughs> I've not expected him at all to be working on new music. He's been touring for the last year and a half, two years at this point. That's true. That's a but I don't know. Some people have like their most inspired albums come from while they were touring. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. That would be crazy, though. Oh, my God. Could you yep. imagine? <laughs> you know, his birthday is tomorrow. Yes, as is yours. So if if y'all are listening to this on drop day, you have 
better have said happy birthday. You missed my birthday. Ely, because it was yesterday. <laughs> little bitch. Okay, don't attack them. <laughs> if you didn't text Damn. me happy birthday, <laughs> we're fighting on site. <laughs> How old are you, Trudy? I don't want to say. Girl, come on. You're making me feel bad because I'm older than you. Yeah. She's turning 26. Yeah, RIP to my early 20s, you guys. Oh, my God. It's over. It's done. Oh, my God. I'm over the hill. <laughs> Not the hill. <laughs> it's fine. You're a mature woman. I feel like 26 is a little bit similar to 23 when you're like, who gives a fuck? And then 27 <laughs> is like... 27 is like a little Why? bit a, a little bit of the big one. Why? Because I feel like 27 is just like, ooh, like I I'm I'm actually looking forward to being 27, to be honest. No, I was just talking this to someone the other day. I think it was Nick. Where like I feel like the first time I'm genuinely gonna feel like, oh shit, I'm aging is when I'm is next year. Wait. It's 27, right? No, because I'm about to turn 27 next year when I turn 28 yeah. because because it'll coincide with my 10-year anniversary from graduating high school. You're right. And that's when that's I'll be gonna like, hit me. oh, shit, high school was a decade ago. Yeah. And that's shit. the first time I feel like I'll be like, whoa, <laughs> I'm aging. And then when I turn 28, I'll be like, whoa, 30 is like two years away. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a big yeah. end. That's a big end, yeah. But anyway, we're still we're we're pretty far from thirty still. So no, and there's nothing definitely. wrong with thirty. And I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to turning thirty because um I feel like like I've said this before nobody takes you so maybe I should be a little bit more excited about twenty six. But again, yeah. I feel like twenty six is akin to twenty three, where it's just like that weird age where you're like, shut up. Um, I feel like no one takes you seriously when you're in your early twenties. So I'm excited to be able to be like, I'm thirty. Yeah, Which perfect 30, example is all my coworkers thinking that they're fucking funny, roasting me all oh. the time because they all just found out I'm the youngest person on staff. So they think it's funny as hell to be like, Eliana doesn't get that. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Okay. We are, <laughs> most of us are 90s babies. Okay. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> okay. Should we move on to entertainment now? Yeah. Let's start. Okay. I just had to get that out. It's okay. <laughs> So we have more on the Andrea Riseborough situation with the Oscar nominations. I talked about this last week, but we have more details. So, and and an update is coming. This is a two-parter. So last week, the Academy, they confirmed that they were going to be conducting a review of campaign procedures in the wake of the surprise nomination for Andrea Riseborough for Best Actress for her film To Leslie. And like since the nominations last week, the whole industry has been like, this campaign was weird. You know, we already talked about it. Did they violate any rules? Um, there have been rumors that like maybe she would be disqualified. Oh, wait, what are the rules? I'll get into that. Okay. I'm not gonna get into like all the rules, but I'll get into specific rules that were breached. Okay. So it just so happens that this Tuesday, today that we're recording this was um a board meeting. So they made a statement. This is the part one of the story where they're like, we're going to be reviewing this to see if anything happened. So the main thing that was in contention is that Frances Fisher, who's an actress, she's a member of the Academy. um, She was, she's probably most well-known to people like us for her role in Titanic as Rose's mom. Uh, 
Mm -hmm. um, she's one of Andrew Riceboro's really close friends and she's close friends with like the director, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she was very vocal about this film for whatever reason. And so she was sharing multiple Instagram posts about her performance, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out some of Frances Fisher's posts were probably the ones that violated Academy rules. Um, mm. There's one particular rule that is like, you can't make references to other nominees. It states that any tactic that singles out the competition by name or title is expressly Ooh. forbidden. And in a post that Frances Fisher made on January 14th, she wrote to my fellow actors in the Academy, according to Pete Hammond writing for Deadline, Andrea Riceboro can secure an Oscar nomination if 218 out of 1,302 actors in the actress branch nominated her in first position for best actress. She also wrote, seems to be that Viola Davis, Michelle Yeoh, Daniel Deadweiler, and Kate Blanchett are a lock for their outstanding work. Okay, Yeah. That's what I had been reading, that the yeah. biggest issue is that people were saying, oh, Viola Davis, you know, other people that weren't even ended up getting nominated. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're a lock. So you shouldn't vote for them. And because of that, exactly. people didn't vote for them. Therefore, they didn't get the nomination because that's the tactic. OK, that makes sense. Exactly. So it's not necessarily like illegal in the Academy rules to champion a movie or a performance that you love, but you just can't reference like other nominees or potential nominees like Francis Fisher did. And there are like, I think there are other instances that are being looked into, but Francis Fisher's like whole activity is like the main concern. But, and this is where it's like, I don't know, like, did they lose evidence because of this? But a lot of like high profile actors that were doing this weird campaigning for her, they deleted social media. <gasps> You're kidding. They deleted social media posts. So that's where I'm like, okay, well, when the Academy is conducting their review, like they didn't have those posts to refer to. Yo, so that is shady. They were like, oh shit, they're checking shit out. Let me delete this. <laughs> yeah no they it's, got scared it's very strange this whole thing i mean i talked about it last week so i'm not going to get into it that much but this whole thing is just like i smell a rat to me mm. um mm. now the thing is and this is part two we got an update today because the meeting was today her nomination for best actress will not be rescinded but the use of social media in a grassroots campaign did not sit well with them and so they they made a statement. That's what they said. Based on concerns that surfaced last week around the two Leslie Awards campaign, the Academy began a review into the film's campaigning tactics. The Academy has determined the activity in question does not rise to the level that the film's nomination should be rescinded. However, we did discover social media and outreach campaigning tactics that caused concern. These tactics are being addressed with the responsible parties directly. So I'm assuming oh, Frances Fisher got emailed. She, yeah, I was going to say, she getting her ass beat. Maybe, maybe some other people got emailed. <laughs> but the punishment is only one year suspension from the Academy if they decide to enforce it. So that's the worst oh. thing that can happen. And I don't know, I'm just kind of annoyed because it's like, um, I almost included this on the outline, but Variety published this really interesting piece yesterday. So this was before we heard the results of the meeting where they got anonymous responses from Academy members on the situation. So they got actually, let me see if I can pull this shit up because that is, some, uh... some of them were juicy. 
Um, Imagine being an entertainment journalist. This story, this is your big breakthrough right here. If you were able to get those those submissions, that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So it's called Anonymous Oscar Voters Discuss Andrew Riceboro Controversy. And so they got a a couple anonymous responses. They got someone from the documentary branch, the marketing and PR branch, the actors branch, the writers branch, another writers branch. And a producer's branch, and then member who requested their branch affiliation not be identified. <gasps> Ooh, and it's so it's somebody it, famous. It's that one. I wanna I wanna quote actually verbatim because it mm-hmm. is intense and I love it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Can you imagine if Viola Davis was being accused of what her meaning Andrew Riceboro's team is being accused of? Viola mm. wouldn't have gotten to the point of getting nominated. She would have already been disqualified and probably kicked out of the academy. There's always one set of rules for one group and one set for another. Ooh. Or should I say one set for black people? We Ooh. see this all the time and the academy knows it. Yet they choose not to do anything about it. So <laughs> do I think she'll be kicked out? Hell no, because white is always right. She'll probably even win because the system is made for people like her to thrive, to succeed, to flourish. For Black people, there is no system. We aren't flourishing, but I'll wait to see what they do. Fucking iconic. Definitely a Black person. This is obviously a Black person. This Um, really narrows down the pool of people that could be. That was an iconic response. When I got down to that one, I was like, oh. Oh my god! Damn, I want to know who said that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I wonder um, if Dum- I feel like nobody has been talking about this on Dumois, and I'm like, this needs to be. I'm addressed. kind of surprised. No, like I need to know. the The person who spoke from the actors branch, they were so overdramatic. I mean, they're an actor, I guess, but they said at the end of their quote, they said, "If she were disqualified from the awards, it would be a decimation of the actor's choice because it's our choice mm-hmm. to nominate somebody." Um, me thinks this person was involved in the grassroots. Calm down, one hundred percent. They were like, no, don't do it. Yeah. So this is a lot. Of, it seems like it's settled for now. But the only concern I have is like, I can just see. This is where my cynicism has brought me. I can just see this mm-hmm. world in which she wins because, like, whoever got her nominated, they're like, they feel like spurred up and up enough to be like you know what i'm gonna vote for her to win and then she gets enough votes to win (laughs) i have a question yeah um so if i remember correctly is it that like actors in the actors branch only vote for the acting awards and then everybody votes for best picture is that what it is so like Mm. only the actors will be the ones to vote it used to be like that but they changed it so now (gasps) that's how the nominations work so if you're an actor and you're in the academy you are only submitting nominations for the four acting categories but now everybody votes for every everything which i think is kind of wild and of course they have the preferential ballot system which is also relatively new so that's like if um i don't know I think there's like 3,500 members of the Academy. Let's say a thousand people picked Michelle Yeoh first place on their ballot for best actress because they rank them. But they rank them. Yes. But 2,000 people put Kate Blanchett as second for best actress. Kate Blanchett wins best actress because she had more. Like that's how the preferential ballot works. She has more votes for second place. I know it's then really what's stupid. What's the point? Why don't they just do popular vote? You pick one. That's what I'm saying. I think 
I don't know. I think they think what is that with all these fairness. weird, these weird. Can we just have a pure democracy, please? <laughs> I know. I know. Abolish exactly. the electoral college. I know. <laughs> Abolish whatever the fuck that is. I know. <laughs> I want democracy. We need democratic voting. <laughs> I know. Please. It's like can extending into our entertainment. The majority. Now. Yeah. What is this? I, I hate this. Is like the electoral college of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. All I'm saying is. Please, Academy, if any of you are please. listening to this, vote Stop just vote so for white. Michelle Yeoh. Just vote for Michelle Yeoh, please. <laughs> she deserves it. Kate Hardy has two. Michelle has zero, and she probably will never have another chance to get one. Let's be honest. So don't say that. I'm just saying, like, seize the opportunity now <laughs> to give her an Oscar. Like, I'm thrilled. But yeah, that- actually, though, don't yeah. bank on the oh she'll do something again. Exactly, she may not exactly that's never the attitude we could all die tomorrow exactly like the amount of times the amount of opportunities they had to give annette benning an oscar she has been nominated in like a decade and i love her she's a great actress but has she been getting any opportunities to be nominated no and so just give it to michelle i'm thrilled that everything everywhere is like apparently Mm -hmm. have i talked to you about uh what gold derby is so gold is derby this the, is is this the time to talk to me about what this is? What do you mean? Yeah, because it's well, interesting. I don't know. Okay. It's okay. basically like it's it's the betting site for anything that's not sports. So you can oh. go on there and you can bet for like award shows is the main thing they do. Ooh, that's um, fun. And so you can go on and you can see the odds. They calculate the odds based on the amount of bets and based on like what their in-house experts think. So, and so you can go on and see for every nominee, the odds of them winning. And I would say usually they're, they're pretty correct. I looked last year too. And it is wild to me. If you go to best picture, everything, everywhere's odds for winning are very high compared to the next best one, which is Banshees of Inisherin. That blows my mind. I'm so happy. This is interesting to me. This is interesting to me because See, and I feel like it's even worse to have something like that, a platform like that set up in entertainment that it is in sports. We've been talking about how um, I, because I've been spending a lot of time with my family recently, I've just been watching a lot of athletics and people <laughs> have been talking about how a lot of um, recently, like a coach, I think it was a football coach got suspended for betting. And my brother was saying like, why is that illegal? And my dad was like, well, because you could bet against your team and throw your game and then you would win a bunch of money. And so we were talking about how, yes, athletes and coaches should never be allowed to play sports bets because they could easily throw their own game and win a bunch of money. But I feel like that is so much harder to do in sports than it is in this scenario where you can like, like you could blackmail someone into voting a certain (laughs) way or like, you it's people like you're directly working with people and it's not even like a game of chance like sports is it's like you could literally influence someone to vote a certain way just so you can get in your bag and that's why the andrew rice bro situation is, is an issue bullshit. this is such bullshit but i also love what you were just saying because that is precisely why we should not have money in politics. And that is precisely no. why it is such an issue this because is always such a problem. They, politicians money. can actively go against the interests of the people who voted for them. Yeah. Because it's of money. Corrupt. Yeah. It's so, and that's what they do. It's not that they can do, they fucking do it. Yes, exactly. 
Anyway, this spiraled into a whole different thing. Let's move on to... Just life imitating art, imitating life. Yup. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to a big announcement today from DC. Ooh, this was hefty. Um, I need to preface this with saying that I do not care. I have zero interest, <laughs> but I felt like we should talk about it. Um, so... Really? None of this sounded interesting to you? No, because what well okay i i'm losing interest in general of these like giant cinematic universes that like i'm i i love marvel but we've talked about how i think the disney plus shows were a bad idea because they fatigued me in the sense where it's like now i feel like i'm missing out because i don't want to watch these like lower budgeted poorly paced shows and it makes me less excited for the films because of it and so i'm just generally feeling like maybe 2023 is the year that i take a break from these cinematic universes just like just like watch from the background um so there's that but also as we'll get to in a second this is some weird like it's not a complete reboot. They're keeping some things. So I'm just like, how you can't have it both ways. Like, how are you going to introduce yeah. new Superman, new Batman, but like you're going to keep Viola Davis, Viola Davis and maybe Aquaman. You can't do that. Like it's confusing. And I'm not even like a mainstream movie goer. Yeah. Like I know it's no. what, and it's still confusing. Yeah, no, it's very dumb. DC is a fucking mess. And it's sad because, like, you're right. They need to throw it all away. They need to throw it all away. And they can't do that because kind of a little bit of fan service. Like, imagine the the, the uprising if they said, oh, we're recasting Viola Davis. Well, it's because people would be fucking upset. Snyder bros. It's the fucking Snyder people that are still clinging to his, like, vision of DC. It's like... <laughs> let it go these people don't owe you anything they should not have released snyder cut because that only made them worse exactly because they were like see this movie was good if you make it four hours long no we did not need (laughs) i guarantee you if i devoted four hours of my life to watch that i guarantee you that thing is not good just (laughs) gal gadot is still in it it's not good oh yeah sorry So let's let's talk about this. I'll try and be relatively brief. But for those of you who don't know, James Gunn, yes, that James Gunn, who, the writer director, he's behind Guardians, he's behind other things. But he was hired by DC to, I guess, be their new Kevin Feige, like a few months ago. Um, him and Peter Safran, who's a producer, a but it seems to be like <laughs> Gunn's deal, and he made, I guess, like a promise. We'll put that in quotation marks to present the new slate by february 1st and he presented it today the last possible day (laughs) yeah actually they did it kind of weird because unlike kevin feige does where like he likes to like showboat and present to the fans you know make it accessible have visuals james gunn and peter saffron last night they presented to a closed room of journalists and then at 12 p.m today all the trades, like they just dropped the story because they had the scoop and there were basically no visuals. It was very strange. Like I think Wasn't poorly it just done like way. a video of James Gunn just talking. Like yeah, that's what I keep was, seeing on Twitter is like him too. just talking and it's like, okay. If he recorded that like after the fact, this was after the closed room thing. It just felt like it was poorly thought out, but. Very whatever. on brand for them. <laughs> yep. Whatever. So this 
they're going to try and do phases like Marvel's doing. Mm, and so they're calling they're this try. chapter one, gods and Ooh. monsters. I'm already over oh, it. Oh, <laughs> please. I hate it. I hate it. I'm already this over it. This is the other thing. I don't know about you, but I feel like on top of their movies just being bad, their superheroes are corny as fuck. Except for Batman. I like Batman. But yeah. Mm, I don't know. Batman's a little corny oh. as fuck to me. I'm not going to lie. He can't because be, their whole yeah. thing about their whole thing behind him is that like anybody could be a superhero, and it's like, yeah, anybody with billions of dollars <laughs> can be a superhero. Yup, yup. <laughs> okay, sure. Anyway, I'm gonna go through the projects. There's ten of them. I'm gonna try and be brief. The only one we got a visual for, I, and I'm reading it in the order of this Hollywood Reporter article. I don't know if this is the order of release or not. I don't care. Again, I've mentioned that. <laughs> um, so. There's a show, it's an animated series called Creature Commandos. They have a still whoop-de-doo. It's like Suicide Squad, Woo-hoo. but with monsters. Woohoo. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Waller show, which is a spinoff of the Peacemaker show. And of course, Viola Davis is still returning as Amanda Waller. Again, just do a reboot. Like if you if they did a complete reboot, I would be marginally more interested. But yeah. why are you keeping very to, few again. people, but not they need to throw it all away but they won't because they they need to please some fans the snyder bros are the ones that are giving them money because nobody else is yep (laughs) um and then we have superman legacy which is the first film i think they want to do um it's going to be a new superman it's not an origin story it's supposed to come out in 2025 whoop-de-doo and they're recasting superman Yes, new Superman. It's not going to be Henry Cavill, which is no. I by the way, I don't know if we actually we talked. Did we talk about this? How like tremendously oh. fucked up they how bogus they did Henry Cavill. He left The Witcher. <laughs> he left The Witcher yeah. for this job, and they were like, "Actually, you're fired." So okay. sorry. <laughs> okay, but have you heard the tea that he's like incredibly difficult to work with, and that's why he doesn't get any work. I mean, I'm sure, but it's just like so. I mean, you can't deny the absolute like insanity of him coming back. He came back for Black Adam, right? Sorry, spoiler alert. Very briefly at the very end. He came back for Black Adam. And I think part of that was because The Rock like really advocated for him, like asked him to come back. Yeah. He quit his job as. lead actor of the Netflix series The Witcher and for this and then they were like yeah now we're we're reca- we're keeping yeah. Viola Davis though but we're not you you gotta go you gotta go yeah it's really embarrassing um and nothing against Viola Davis it's just like a very funny thing that they're doing yeah okay sorry I just um, had to say that. no it's okay next up is Lanterns which is a Green Lantern TV show They've been oh. trying to do a Green Lantern TV show since way before Peter uh, James Gunn was even hired. So sure, whatever. I don't care okay. about TV shows. Um, okay. The Authority, this is a movie that they're going to be making. The Authority is like this group of super people, but they're like, they have questionable methods. It just seems like, okay, oh, we're trying to do Suicide no. Squad again. We're trying to do The Boys. Like, I don't care. Um, next up is paradise lost which is going to be an hbo max series they describe it as game of thrones style um, oh, shut up and it's going to be set 
entirely on Themyscira, yeah. which is where Wonder Woman's from. So that Game means it's Game of Thrones style. I what does that know. even mean? I don't HBO know. Max? No, I don't Lots know. of nudity um, and violence? Well, yeah. well presumably, <laughs> that's the thing. Presumably, this is going to be all women. And I'm just saying right now, if they do not more. have any sort of queer element in this show, they're idiots. Because there's just no way you can have a show of an island of all women without having some sort of queer relationship it makes no sense so they Even better straight make that men. a part of it straight men love that shit put it in there yeah it would make no sense and also it's not even clear if wonder woman is going to be in this i hope to god not well it's also <laughs> kind of a bad look that like they're reintroduced they're introducing a new superman a new new batman in movies but wonder woman they're like uh streaming service uh. <laughs> <laughs> So that's bad. Um, we are getting a new Batman movie called The Brave and the Bold. God, also, another one. I think this is something. Uh, okay, here's the thing. It's like I think they they're also struggling with like they have different they have different universes with different things going on. And it's too much. It's it's those side films, it's the unrelated films that are the actually the better ones. But at the same time, it's like if you want to become this MCU type thing where you make all this money and audiences love you, it's like mainstream audiences are going to get confused. If you have two Batman, two Batman that are like active at the same time. So, cause they, they emphasize that the Batman part two with Robert, Robert Pattinson is happening as yeah. is obviously the Joker sequel. The Joker. So those are still happening, but, but they're not connected to this and they're not connected to each other, to each other. Okay, so, here's what I have to say too. In, in, in to bounce off of that, I feel like part of the reason <clears throat> why the MCU like was so successful from the get go was because people felt like the Iron Man films were treated like actual movies. I don't know how to explain this, and I feel like this is also why superhero movies have gone downhill because they're mm -hmm. being treated more like superhero movies and less like individual like just good movies i know what you're saying and yeah. you know what i'm saying and i feel like that's why the iron man movies at least the first one that's why that one did so good and why people were like yes more of this mm -hmm. because it was like it felt like an actual movie with like really good character work good writing and then it had superhero stuff on top of it and it wasn't cheesy and corny and like you know silly like how other super movies were it was like serious and i feel like that's why robert pattinson's the batman and the joker did so well because we were getting back to that and now i feel like the mcu is going downhill because they're moving away from that and dc like just doesn't get that yeah. like they're trying to do what marvel's doing now when in reality it's like no people don't like what marvel's doing now people like what marvel did at exactly, the beginning and we're actually yeah. criticizing what they're doing now but you're not listening yeah um i know you haven't seen it yet but the batman is rad for that exact reason. It's just like a singular vision. And I will be seeing the Batman part two actually, because I liked the first Batman a lot. And mm -hmm. Joker was like, I think it was a little, it was a little problematic in like what it was trying to say, but it was like really interesting and well done. Yeah. And, and so again, they had really good actors. Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is. And you're bringing great. Lady Gaga in for the second yeah. one. Yeah. I'll be there. Like, <laughs> come on so it's Tapping like into the gay audience <laughs> i just it's like those two side projects are what's interesting people the most and you're not 
paying attention do more to that. Of that. Imagine <laughs> what they could do if they just took all these characters and like really dedicated, fantastic, like put together a great writer's room, got a great director, really good actors, even if they're like new up and coming people, just focus on making a good movie and it happens to be a superhero movie. If yeah. they thought about it that way and made all of these just individual like good projects, they would be set. They don't have to do what Marvel's doing. Like, imagine how great it would be if they made individual, like, oh, we should be running. We should be running this. No, I know. Or I also almost think like they could be really successful. Like Batman is such a huge property. If they just focused on building out the Batman universe, right. there's so many different bat people. Like they call it the bat family for a reason. Bat people. Like just, just do no, that. No, but for real. Well, again, the trilogy with Christian Bale, I feel like that's what that was. It was good. It built out Batman's universe. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, we got a couple left here. Another okay, show, sorry. Booster Gold. For those who don't know who that? Booster Gold is, he's this guy who's like from the future. And he uses future technology to go back in time and pretend to be a superhero. <laughs> it sounds very silly. But that's Gunn's thing, I guess. So okay. Um, and then another movie is Supergirl movie, Woman of Tomorrow. Um, this is going to be directly based off of a comic run that happened in 2021 to 2022. What's interesting oh. about this is yeah. I heard T in the wake of this announcement. So the Flash is still coming out, unfortunately, um, this summer. And Sasha Kaye was cast and film scenes as a Supergirl in that movie. And like one of the multiverses that he goes through. And I heard sure. T that in the wake of this announcement, they are stripping that film back and like editing it down. And Sasha Kaye is no longer going to be in it. And, I and there's, there's no insinuation that Sasha Kaye is going to be the Supergirl in this new movie. So I feel so bad for her that Dude. she filmed and got cast and everything. She got paid, but like, she's not, no Still. one's ever going to see her as Supergirl. It's like what happened with Batgirl. Fuck these people doing women so bogus. Yeah, like, another thing. They do women so fucking bogus in this universe. It's like, can you guys stop? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, keep going. And then lastly, uh, they're doing a Swamp Thing movie. They're calling this a horror movie. I don't understand. Wait, what? Like, I think this is an odd assortment of projects for their first chapter. But then, like, Swamp Thing comes in here out of nowhere. I'm like, why? Okay, so Superman movie I get, Batman movie I get, Supergirl movie I get, Swamp Thing movie. <laughs> what movie? Like what? That doesn't gel with those other things at all. So I don't know what they're doing over there. And I know this ended up not being a brief rundown, but basically the thesis statement is DC continues to not know what the heck they're doing except for when they let all tour directors just do their thing off on the side you guys it's so <laughs> embarrassing and this makes me more disappointed because i feel like i saw a lot of like nerd content creators on twitter today being like i'm so excited about all these projects now i'm like what y'all well, saw the same thing i just saw and you said that was exciting you have to keep this in mind with those type of types of content creators like the youtube creators the the commentary people, whatever, they're they get excited for any like comic book content because it allows oh. them to make content, which allows them to make money. 
That's why they get excited. That one guy. Wait, what was his name? Soups. I yeah, I blocked him. So fucking annoying. Oh my god. I blocked him on. I haven't blocked on. I only have like three people blocked on Twitter, and he's one of them. <laughs> no, he is annoying. Yeah, oh no, I blocked God. him because I got so fucking sick of seeing him on my on my trending. I was like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh my God. I couldn't. So I yeah, I blocked him. Yeah. So these creators, they they love whenever they hear about loads of content because <laughs> they know like no matter what, people are gonna watch their content about that content. And it's just a content you know pyramid. What? If all of these projects fail, that's gonna give them even more to talk about because then they can exactly. be like, here's why this failed. Here's, here's why what slap. I would have yep, done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh it's a whole thing anyway mm -hmm. um let's end on a, just a quick little interesting note okay. marie kondo y'all remember her i remember her like keep things that spark joy yeah so she recently shocked the internet when she revealed during a webinar to promote her new book that um She's no longer tidying up as much after giving birth to her wow. third son. And this is what she had to Girl, say. I don't blame you. She said, my home is messy, but the way I am spending my time is the right way for me at this time, at this stage of my life. Up until now, I was a professional tidier. So I did my best to keep my home tidy at all times. I've kind of given up on that in a good way for me. Now I realize what is important to me is enjoying spending time with my children at home. Good for her. Yeah, honestly, this I feel like this is something people needed to hear. And honestly, something I wish she would have said earlier, because I feel like that that's just that's so real. Like It's fucking hard. I mean, yeah. I've never had a kid, but I have a dog <laughs> and it's fucking hard. Yeah, no, it is. It was like brave in a sense, because it's like you're basically going against your whole brand that you've set up and made millions of yeah. dollars off of. So, yeah, good for her. I've never watched the yeah. show, though. But I know no, who she is, neither. obviously. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she was like, it was like an iconic moment just in pop, pop culture in general. Yeah. She became like a meme after that. It was like yeah, exactly. it was a lot of things. Yeah. Anyway, I'm ready to move on to pop culture. All right, y'all. First order of business. The Super Bowl is set. We oh. have Philadelphia Eagles playing the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, February 12th uh yeah sure <laughs> um at what the internet is calling the fenty bowl <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the rihanna concert with the features of, <laughs> of the football teams but no for real this i mean obviously the super bowl is a big deal so i was like we have to talk about it now that the games happened um the championship games so I also put mute your Philly friends now because they must be annoying as hell. They're already annoying as hell. I got a couple of friends that aren't even Philly friends. They're just regulars that are obsessed with Philly sports. Shut up. I no, don't like, care. If they win or lose, there's going to be violence and fires probably. Oh, I mean, <laughs> literally after the championship game on Sunday, they annoying. <laughs> no, I like if I lived in Philadelphia, I would get an Airbnb and get out of Philadelphia. For Super get out. Like, no, I, I, I would, I would not want to be there. <laughs> Philly sports fans in general and actually Philadelphia. I don't know if you know, this has had a really insane year where like all of their sports teams have made it pretty far into oh. like playoff games or championship games. So the, the Phillies just this summer were in the, in the world series. So it, it was like, they're having a really good year, but it's like, okay, let's, I feel like it's, it, it could be a unanimous vote. If we asked who are like the most annoying sports fans <laughs> by city. 
Philadelphia would be probably <laughs> at least at least in the top five. At least top three, maybe some might argue. I think they'd be number um, one. Like I don't well, watch sports, and I yeah. even know that like they're very rowdy and raucous. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, start saying stuff, but <laughs> Allegedly. I may or may not agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't gonna say it, but because you said it, now I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't gonna say it. Something else I wanted to say <laughs> is that I watched the game. I watched Kansas City versus Cincinnati on Sunday. And I was really hoping for Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, uh, Super Bowl. I put a uh, hot boy bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice as a as a viewer, but it's fine. Uh, I don't Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, not not my vibe. If you think he's cute, watch an interview, listen to him speak. It takes it away immediately. Oh my gosh, <laughs> isn't that sad? It's sad. Also, his family's really annoying, which I don't know. I feel like people are joking that like he probably had a talk with them after last season, but um, these people are irritating me. So I, don't, I, I was really <laughs> hoping for Joe Burrow to pull through, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I, I still get a ton of edits of him on my For You page on TikTok. So that will that'll have to do. I'll have to look at a picture because I don't know who this man is. He's <laughs> such a cutie. Can you look at right now and then you can judge me? Uh Joe Burrows, like burrowing into the ground. It's Joe Burrow, just sing singular Burrow, oh, not multiple Burrows. Burrow. Okay, Burrow. Healy, why, <laughs> why do you, why I can't with you and the mediocre white men? It's why? not even just me. If you go on TikTok and type in Joe Burrow, it's not just me. This man, look, he's so, so white. It's taking a minute to focus. You think? He okay, hold Burrow. on stop <laughs> this is embarrassing like no it's I, not no it's not everybody I, loves him i understand the jack quaid i like that oh, i please. get but this guy no I'm he sorry. has style no let's move on he has so much <laughs> swagger for a white boy it's like insane oh like, no they literally post video fit pics of him on the actual football team's page, social media accounts like come on He's such a cutie. You know what? All the Joe Burrow girlies rise up. Okay. This is your time to defend me. I'm being attacked. There's probably zero. So <laughs> literally, no, go on TikTok right now and type in Joe Burrow. I'm not even kidding. It's actually insane. Like I'm even getting a little bit sick of it. Okay. I'm typing it in right now. Joe mm -hmm. Burrow. It's a like, it's insanity. Oh my God. People have <laughs> too much. No, I'm not seeing it. The edits it. are so much. I, the edit, no. Like no, you guys, I'm truly mystified as to where this is coming from. No. I wish my best friend had higher standards. Um, Whatever. Okay. I like sweaty. men. My standards are at the ground. All right. Let's He's just move so on. cute. Okay. Let's we got it. On. Let's move on to an actually cute white man, Harry Styles. Thank you. Oh, you think Harry Styles is actually cute? Compared okay. to Joe Burrow? Yes. 100%. You got... Sorry. I mean, after this episode goes up, I need the Joe Burrow girlies oh to defend God. me. It'll be crickets. Let's move on. No, it's not. You're just not in it. Okay, okay whatever. If you get a DM from anybody who listens to this and says like, Oh my okay. God, I'm on your side. You need to that let me know. That is a very narrow group of people. Okay. 
Well, then what are you okay. expecting? If you're saying girlies rise up, you know what? what are you expecting? I'm going to post something on my Instagram story. I'm going to be like, can you please respond to this if you think Joe Burrow is cute? I'm going to put a poll. Okay. I'm going to put a poll on my Instagram okay. story and be like, respond to this if Joe Burrow, make, if you think Joe Make Burrow a poll. Is make a poll. It has to say, like, if you think he's attractive, like, yes. Yeah. There needs yes to be an option. Or no. no. And there needs to be an option who? Question mark. No. There, no. If you don't okay. know who he is, don't vote. <laughs> okay. The non-sports girlies rise up, okay? Because I didn't know who his ass was before he at least started thirsting yeah, and you had, for no reason. With the internet at our fingertips, there's no reason why you should be saying, who? Look it up, babe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Okay, next we have Harry Styles. I had to bring this up because... I'm not even kidding you. If I sat there and swiped through my For You page, every other video was a video of some girl or some person in the pit at this show recording the moment Harry Styles ripped his pants at. He just had like a series of like makeup performances from when he canceled some of his LA shows. And um, he ripped his pants at one of them. And oh my God, there were so many videos. And the funny thing was that, so that happened. He was like, oh, my God, freaked out. And then I guess like the security at the stadium came to some girls in the pit that had a pride flag. And they were like, can we have that? What? And the girls like at first didn't know like why. And then they he came back out and had the pride flag wrapped around his waist. Wait, really? Like he didn't get new pants. He just took the flag tied That's it around funny. his waist and wore it like in front of the pants and then after the concert he made sure those girls got their flag back after the concert oh oh they're so, never like, gonna imagine. let that go <laughs> imagine imagine yeah so I... that happened but the funny part of the story is sorry i'll let you i'll let you speak in just a second <laughs> jennifer aniston was Harry Styles' like childhood celebrity crush, and she was there front row, right when he ripped his pants. Wow! So very embarrassing. Harry. <laughs> the I did see this, and the only video I saw about this was someone putting a sound over it from SpongeBob when he said, "When I ripped my pants," <laughs> and they put that over when the pants ripping happened. Which is kind of shocking to me that that happened because it was like, it's like, he's again, he's been touring for almost two years now. Like how y'all should know what materials to use, what materials not to use. Y'all should have this costuming thing on lock at this point. They didn't look at the material. They apparently not. Mm -mm. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. But oh my God, for like a day, my, all that was on TikTok was just videos of him ripping his pants. It's like, okay, girls, <laughs> I get it um okay last story is we love to talk about internet discourse this is another no. internet discourse conversation have you seen any, have you seen things about this no mr beast kind of annoys me and i can't really he, explain why he annoys me too no okay. he annoys me too um he annoys me because some of the well let's just talk about the story first and then we'll get into it. mr beast okay if you don't know mr beast is like a content creator who has like millions of dollars um, and recently he went viral for paying for surgeries to cure blindness for a thousand people. And that was like a video that he did where he cured a thousand people of blindness by paying for all their surgeries. And then like some people he gave like extra money. He paid for like someone to go to college, bought someone a, a, a Tesla, something like that. I don't know. Did a lot of stuff. His whole thing is that he has all this money 
and he spends it either on like blessing other people or just like on stupid shit and like that's why he annoys me a little bit because i feel like some of the stuff he does it's like oh my god shut up like it's just is very yeah we filled the swimming pool with eight million orbeez or like yeah exactly oh we we did squid games in real life it's like oh my god okay um but people have been talking about this particular video the blindness thing on the internet because people are like it's kind of weird and gross to use like people's lack of accessibility to healthcare, lack of accessibility just in general, like their disabilities and like just people's um, like to use poorness as like a, 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 um, a hook for content. And I would have to say it's, I, I almost have to agree because I feel like there's an, a way to do things for people, but like, I feel like we've gotten to this point, especially since the pandemic, where people fucking love taking advantage of like homeless people, taking advantage of just poor people in general, or like uh, people that work in the service industry. People fucking love to record themselves doing something. And it's like, you can't, can you just do it? Exactly. Like, yeah. Would you do that if you didn't have access to a camera? Like, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's all for the content. And also, speaking of homeless uh, people, isn't he the one that's gotten also like more discourse about where like he'll he'll pay rent for an apartment for an unhoused person for like I don't know six months, but then it's like just leaves them high and dry. Is it, wasn't he mired know. in that co controversy? It's like yeah, I don't know about it's, that, it's but... all for the views at the end of the day. And you're right, it's like why can't you just can you just do the thing? Like I get it, he's getting money from these millions of views he gets and i'm sure that he it's like in his mind i'm sure he thinks it's a pay it forward situation but but it, oh and here's so the thing sure. too it also bothers me it's hard because people are always like i want to see more heartwarming content on the internet <laughs> and it's like great but also like i don't know i feel like this is very extreme and somebody was saying in response to the people that are kind of like defending it and being like, well, isn't it the fact that like these people had the opportunity in the first place? It's like, somebody was like, oh, would y'all say that if like the hunger games were real? Like, would you say it's so great that these people had the opportunity in the oh first gosh. place? Like it's, that's a little extreme, but the concept of like taking poor people and using them for entertainment of like non-poor people, like that's kind yeah. of the basic concept of like, that's what this is doing is kind of like, no, that's, that's a pretty a that's up. a pretty good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's happening. I don't know. Share your thoughts. Comment below. <laughs> <laughs> well, it appears based on the outline that it, it is media moment time. It's time for the media moment. I'm actually so excited to talk. I've been I I Literally since I watched this, which was last week, Thursday, I've been dying to talk about it on this podcast. Yuli's like, oh, I can't wait to talk about it. I've been getting the snaps, people. I've been getting the snaps. Yeah. Um, well, you're going first, so you can talk about it now. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay, everyone. This week, I watched Normal People on Hulu, and I did cry a lot. Um, it's a series it's a series it's a tv show 
it's 12 episodes uh so about uh six hours total ish of content oh they're half hour I love mm-hmm. that. I love a half hour show. I love that too, because I watched it in less than 24 hours. Oh, I girl. watched six episodes on Thursday night. And then I watched six, the rest of it on Friday morning. Um, like I couldn't even, I got up and I was like, Oh, turn it back on. <laughs> um, okay. Here's what I have to say. First of all, I watched this show because last time we recorded, we talked about the actor, Paul Meskel getting his first, um, Oscar, Oscar nomination. nomination yeah for after sun yes and I remembered us talking about that and after I think actually while we were recording I said I wanted to watch the movie because I had seen on Twitter that people were saying his first lead acting performance in a TV show was normal people on Hulu and he got an Emmy an Emmy nomination and he won the BAFTA for his acting performance on this show which was like his first big gig and then after sun was his first lead acting performance in a movie and he got an Oscar nomination. So I was like, sure. Like what? Who? Okay. Like <laughs> guy, he, Who's okay. This he, Paul he's got, fellow. Yeah. I was like, he's got some, some game. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me like check it out. And then somebody was like, Oh, normal people saw on Hulu. And I was like, I have Hulu. I can watch it. <laughs> um, so I was like, let me just try this out. And I had actually, once I looked into it, I realized that I had like seen clips from it and I was like, Oh, I actually was interested in watching this before. So let me watch it now. Wow. You guys, this show, first of all, this show destroyed me emotionally. It is absolutely heartbreaking. What is it about? Like, I thought it was just a show about a relationship, basically. Yeah, it's about two people from like Northern Ireland. And it's basically just follows them from their last few months of high school all throughout college. And it just like follows their relationship um, with each other. So they start out as like secret lovers in high school because Paul Meskel's character, his name is Connell, is like really popular. And his love interest, which I believe the actress is Daisy Edgar Jones. Yes. Um, her name is Marianne. She's not like not popular, that kind of thing. So they are they have a relationship in secret. And then um it just kind of follows them after that, like how they just kind of like weave in, in and out of each other's lives. Like, um, yeah, I don't really, I, I feel like that's the best I can, the best description I can give it without um, like going into a lot of detail. So they really are just normal people. Like there's not really like a hook to it, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's nothing like special about them, um, but it's just kind of like, yeah, they're just two people that have known each other for a really long time, like have love for each other, but like life kind of gets in the way of them actually yeah. being happy and like staying together. Um. And so, yeah, the show is really heartbreaking in the sense that you, like you want it to work out so bad. And then it's like, every time it doesn't, you're just like, Oh no, come on. And again, as the viewer, you have, can you stop <laughs> as a viewer, you have access to, you know, like you can see what both characters are thinking and want, but they can't for the life of them, like communicate that to each other. And so it's just like, Oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. And the end is going to just, it's gonna hit you that's really where i cried the most so that's one thing two this show has some of the best cinematography cinematography i've ever seen on a tv show it's stunning it's so beautiful to watch um and i mean it was like definitely filmed in ireland and they go to italy um in one episode and it's just it's so beautiful it's beautiful 
So love that. And it really is like, it feels like a movie. Um, like they really treated it like it was just a really good art house film, but it's a 12 episode TV show. Um, so I love that. And then back to the reason why I watched it was to watch Paul as Connell. Oh my God. He is really fucking good. Like really good. Um, there's a particular episode. I think it's like one of the last three episodes. He goes to like therapy for the first time. Damn. That shit hits. That was another episode where I was sobbing my eyes out because another thing is I feel like men are always awarded for acting performances where they're like aggressive or when they're like yelling, you know, people are always like, Oh, all men do is yell. Like that's true. They yeah. Act. He does not do that at all in this entire series. It's just like straight up. And I feel like too, a lot of times men just don't get a lot of opportunities to be emotionally vulnerable on screen and in real life. And so this was like a moment where he's just talking with his therapist and he's like so emotional and it's like, it's so good. And he doesn't yell. So it's just like, and I don't know, even just throughout the series, it was like, this is not like typical male acting. It's just, it's really good. It's he's really good. And I mean, I feel like everybody in the show is really good. Daisy Edgar Jones is really good too as Marianne. Um, it's just, it's really emotional and it's really like intimate, this relationship, like, just like going into like why you feel like you connect with someone. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. The score is actually really nice too. Um, yeah, it was just really good. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I've watched it twice. Oh, since I saw it for the first time. <laughs> so you watched it three times? No, I'm saying I watched it twice. Oh, okay. You said Where twice since times? twice since the oh, first time. Oh, sorry. Since I watched it twice. Okay. I watched it a second. I meant to say I watched it a second time since I started Damn. it. Um, well, I mean. I just skipped s- over the sad parts. All right. I mean, you said it was really good uh, a lot of times. So I guess it would it's make really, sense. No, it's why. really good. It's really good. I also, I was in DuPont on Saturday and I walked by Kramer's and I was like, oh, let me see if they have the book. So I bought the book too. I'm going to read it um, while I'm at the airport tomorrow. It's really short. So I feel like I could finish it in like a day or two. Um, I'm going to read it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And also I feel like, I feel like the book is going to do this a little bit more than the TV show does, but I I've heard from people that have read the book that it's actually a really good commentary on capitalism. And I guess the the writer is like a big anti-capitalist. So I'm kind of excited for that. So the thing is about capitalism, the two main characters, Connell and Marianne, they meet because Connell's mom is Marianne's family's like house cleaner. And he picks her up from work every day after school. So that's how him and Marianne like start talking because they don't talk at school, but uh, they talk when he picks his mom up from her house. Um, and so it's kind of like they they do have, they actually get into it a little bit in the episode where they're in Italy, where they talk about how like money just is like, the center of everything like Connell goes into how he now feels like thing like certain things that he never had access to before are actually real and tangible because he has money now and Marianne is like oh I never thought about it like that and he kind of is just like like looks at her and she's like I'm sorry that was really ignorant like I should think about money more but because I have money I don't think about it and like Connell doesn't come from money so he thinks about it a lot and so it's like it's interesting but I feel like they don't really get into it as much as they should in the tv show so I hope that they do in the book um Hmm. yeah I really liked this new comfort show unlocked (laughs) 
Which is ironic because usually your host of really comfort sick. shows are not tear inducing. Yeah. I know, um, no, but this is really. <laughs> I would be interested in watching it. I'm realizing I think the only Paul Mescal content I've consumed is when he was in The Lost Daughter, that Olivia mm, Coleman mm-hmm. film, which he was in very briefly. Um, yeah. I definitely want to watch After Sun. Me That's too. definitely on the yeah. list. After um, this, I'm like, uh, yeah, put that on. Yeah, maybe we should watch it together. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll watch this. I mean, you eventually watch The Boys, so maybe I'll eventually watch oh this. Oh my god, <laughs> I think you should. It's just, it's a really, it's just yeah. like again, like it's a really good, good piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shut up. No, but really, I feel like I haven't seen. I don't know. I mean, I said this when I was talking about watching the sex lives of college girls. So I was like, this show is not good, but I'm enjoying it because it's bad. <laughs> this show was really, it was good on all fronts. I would say the only thing that wasn't good about it was that there's a, a couple of things where like, I don't know, just some contextual stuff that would have been nice to know that I only got from reading the episode description, you know, like timeline is kind of ambiguous. Like you don't know unless you read the episode description. Oh, four months later, this happened and this happened. And then it's like, none of that happened in the show. So I'm like, when was I supposed to know that? Um, Maybe which, you'll get it from the book. Like, Maybe, but again, like you don't get that unless you read the episode description, which you don't really do if you're binging it. So it's like, y'all couldn't have made it more obvious. I don't know, but it's not a huge deal, but it's just kind of like you lose concept of how much time actually passes because it's just like, I don't know. It's just a show. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. I would like to talk about a film I watched last week. Mm. it is called for the first time it is called swiss army man it came out in 2016 have you heard of this this is daniel radcliffe pretending to be a dead body yes do you know why i sought it out and watched it was it the uh, the director is it daniel's it is the daniel's first film their last film before everything everywhere all at once and obviously i that is like one of my favorite movies now. And so I was like, I have to watch Swiss Army Man. And um, that's so Ro- funny. Robin and Riley in our group chat were multiple times. They were like, Zach, you should watch it. Like if you love everything everywhere so much, you should watch Swiss Army Man. And then I saw like on the Prime video, like they have like a deal screen. And every now and then they'll have like, oh, digital movies you can buy for uh, it's like $5 or less. And they had a 4K copy of Swiss Army Man to buy for $5. I was like, this is a oh. I'm going to, because the rental is like $4. So it's like, I might as well just buy the 4K yeah. copy. So I bought it and I watched it and I have some thoughts. So it's actually very similar to everything everywhere in the sense where it's like, it seems very, this one more so, but it seems very silly at first. And then by the end, there's a sort of like grand emotional arc and reaction that sneaks up on you um this film is definitely more silly i think like it's just i mean for those of you who don't know we start and paul dano is on this remote like it's almost like a cartoonish remote island with like the single palm tree and stuff and he's about to hang himself because he's presumably been alone for a long time And he's literally like with rope around his neck and he sees a body wash up on shore and he rushes over to it. He thinks they're alive. It turns out it's a corpse and it's Daniel Radcliffe. And then the corpse starts farting. 
Uh, and he, the farting continues and continues and it increases. And then eventually Paul Dano is using this farting corpse's body as a boat to propel himself across the ocean. And that is pre-credits in the first five minutes of this movie. So that's definitely a lot sillier than everything everywhere. Um, definitely. And that's why people referred to this film as the farting corpse movie a couple of years ago when it was out. Um, but it's very sweet. Like it's about like friendship and it has a very unexpected queer reading, which you know is a favorite of mine. Probably my favorite scene of the film is actually this really unexpectedly beautiful, like queer moment between the two of them, which kind of came out of nowhere. But also I was like, this also makes sense based on the storyline of them like bonding and whatnot. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, like he, he starts off not speaking. And then about 20 minutes into the film, he starts talking and his speech gets more, he basically gets more and more human in a sense, as the film goes on. Um, as like Paul Dano is, is bonding with him. Paul Dano's character's name is Hank and Daniel Radcliffe's corpse. His name is Manny. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is really good as a corpse, by the way. Like he's presumably like, except for some of the stunts, he's like doing the motions himself and the way he contorts his body and like jerks around and moves his face. He's actually really good at it. Um, and definitely sold the relationship, but yeah, the end it's not like the end end, but like towards the end of the climax, there's something that happens and I don't want to spoil it, but I really was not expecting it. And it made me cry a, a significant amount. Not, not like, not like everything everywhere amount, but like, I would say at least like four tears. I was sitting on the couch. I was like, wait, wait, this four this tears. Sad. Yeah. I was like, oh wait a minute. God. Like this is sad. And I think I even said that out loud. Cause I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> um, I was like, wait, this is getting me. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And, and I, I think I just really enjoy how the Daniels like emotionally frame things because it could, it could construe as naive really easily, like as somewhat simplistic viewpoints of the world, but I don't know just the way they do it and they, the way they write, it just like makes sense. So we all know about like the pathos of everything everywhere um, and what it's trying to say. We've talked about it numerous times. And this film is kind of similar where it's just kind of like, just like enjoy life, man. You know, like just life is there. Enjoy it, especially with people you love. And um, well, I, was, I was talking to Robin Riley after I watched it. And I think this film's uh, like laundry and taxes line is um, there's a line where Paul Dano says, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but it's also really lovely. He says, we were singing and dancing and farting and it was beautiful. And it's just like like lines like that. I'm like, you know what? At the right moment, it is that beautiful. shit hits. Exactly, that shit hits. <laughs> exactly. Because um, I've even had people, like I post the laundry and taxes line on my Instagram story yes. all the time. And I've had people message me and they'll be like, what the heck? Like, what is this? And I'm like, uh, oh, are you serious? Well, oh like they God. don't out of context. Though, oh, yeah. It's kind of like, it's silly. Like, it's just like, what are you saying? But in context, like sometimes it really does like the right setup, the right storytelling. And you're like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> the Daniels are good writers. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like I, like I was hinting at, I think 
that the humor is a bit more juvenile in Swiss Army Man than Everything Everywhere. Um, like, and I could see how if you're not like this is gonna sound like I, I like farting. I think farting is funny. I fart, you know, everybody farts. So the fart jokes and stuff, it didn't bother me. And also I feel like they they ham it up on purpose. Like it's a fucking farting yeah. corpse. Like yeah. it that that is kind of the joke. But I could see how if people don't think that's funny, this film would like wear on their nerves. And it's not just fart <laughs> jokes, like it starts off as fart jokes and it it oh, oh, I wanted to bring this up. Um I read in an interview after I watched it, because sometimes I look those things up, that Paul Dano yeah. said that he was skeptical about taking the part. But um, when the Daniel said this to him, he immediately took it. And this is what they said. They said, <laughs> the first fart will make you laugh and the last fart will make you cry. And Paul Dano <laughs> said, I'm in. And you know what? It's true. The last fart wow. did make me cry. And the first part did make me laugh. And so I was, <laughs> if you're on board, you're on board. And I love the Daniels officially. Cannot wait for their next film. Please That's don't so break funny. up and and do like stick together, please. Cause don't you all are a match brothers. made in heaven. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. I, I mean, everything so everywhere is still the gold standard, but this is like an <laughs> eight out of 10. No, that's good. I actually... I don't know why when this was but so sometimes in my like when I'm bored or if I want something on the TV I like to watch celebrity interviews um I like usually hot ones is my go-to but mm -hmm. another series that I really like is GQ does this series where they have actors go over their like their uh like oh yes I know what you're saying like you know the filmography their most famous yes. roles yeah Yes, their most famous roles. That's it. So yeah. I watched Tom Hiddleston's a really good one, partially just because Tom Hiddleston has an amazing voice and I just love to hear him talk. Um, but he does have good commentary on like some of the directors he's worked with. But I recently watched Daniel Radcliffe's um, oh, really? going over his famous roles. And he talked about this movie and I didn't really know that much about it. Like it went, so I actually, when this movie came out, I had like kind of just started getting into Harry Potter um, because oh. I grew up in a very Christian household. So <laughs> I didn't read Harry Potter and start reading Harry Potter until I was 18. Um, so it was like, yeah, you said 2016. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. So this was like around when I first started getting into Harry Potter. And so I was like, I was like paying attention to what Daniel Radcliffe was doing anyway. And so when this movie came out, I was like, what the hell kind of movies is he doing? <laughs> and he like talks about how he's he was very intentional about the roles that he chose to take after Harry Potter and how he wanted to be so separated from that because otherwise then that would be all he's known for. But it was like the way that he talked about this movie in that specific interview, I was like, oh, maybe this is like different than what I thought it was. <laughs> like I was like, oh, maybe. And yeah. I also kind of picked up on the fact that it was the Daniels. And I remember I was like, oh, those are the same people that did everything everywhere. So I would say you should watch his his interview, his most famous roles interview and how he talks about playing the corpse because um yeah, I feel like I remember him talking about it and me being like surprised by how like actually serious this movie was. No, I actually might because I love listening to actors talk about working with very unique directors that have like their specific visions. Like that's mm -hmm. why I love listening to Michelle and Stephanie and Key talk about working with the Daniels for everything everywhere. Cause it's just like mm -hmm. these guys were on a mission and they knew what yeah. they were doing and they loved this material. 
Yeah. And I feel like Daniel Radcliffe is actually a good actor to do that with because he's done some really interesting, like his filmography yeah. is like so different because him. of the fact which yeah. and he did he's he talked about how he did that on purpose like he wanted to get something in every genre he wanted to get like a thriller horror in there he wanted to get a rom-com in there and he wanted to just do something silly like this mm-hmm. um and he so he's done a lot of different stuff and so he's a good actor to do that too to do like to do that with um because he's he's worked with a lot of really like interesting concepts i agree yeah mm-hmm. and the last thing i'll say is um the score is very is very nice and interesting because it's I'm pretty sure it's all vocal so oh. you'll hear it it'll start it'll just stop with it'll start with like bop 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 and it'll build with just different voices and sounds being made with people's mouths and it becomes oh. this full-on song and I'm pretty sure it's all wow. mouth sounds that's super cool which was really yeah it was really cool and sometimes they'll be doing it like in the scene like Manny will just start doing that and it'll it'll oh. turn into the score that's interesting. Very good movie. Very good. Wow. I'm glad I watched it. Thank it was you, very Robin good. Riley, for pushing me to watch it. Yes, it was really good. It was really, really good. It was good. It was really good. Shut <laughs> up. That's so mean. I was just expressing my feelings, my true feelings. I've no, been trying to talk I'm, about this. I'm just show. messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But uh yeah, I guess I guess we're done. Um, wish Ely happy birthday if you haven't already, because it's so mean if you have not. <laughs> um, our girls growing up, you know. Stop. <laughs> we're gonna be the same age in well oh wait we're in the same time zone now we're gonna be the same age in like two and a half hours oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like lucille ball <laughs> oh my god anyway um We'll talk to y'all next week. And we're going to be talking also, about the Also, I'm books. dead ass going to post a poll on my Instagram story about Joe Burrow. I'm not do I'm it. so dead ass. I'm going to do, do it. Do it. And you got to share with me the results. I need to prove that I'm not alone. Do it y'all and crazy. share with me the results. Yeah, I, I will. I will. Okay, okay good. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I know that I'm. you're going to be like, wow. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. No, I know you're going to be shocked. Okay. We'll see. Okay, bye. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs>